0: The advice that we've been given for years and years that you just need to eat less and move more. So what happens, and this happened with me, is I found a little bit of success by creating a little deficit. And I was thinking, if some is good, then more is better. And so we get into this slippery slope of saying, I had a deficit of 250 calories this week, so let me do a little bit more. Let me cut out another piece of bread and go for a longer run. At some point, that becomes a stress on your body.
1: Are you done with being that pregnant or postpartum mom in the gym who is always stuck on the sidelines feeling horrible, saying, how come no one ever told me this? Are you ready to finally say no to a mom life filled with excess weight, injury, overwhelm, and fatigue? Then help is here. Welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast, where we dive deep into the information you need to be the strongest woman in and out of the gym, even if you are a mom. If you are done going through your pregnancy or postpartum fitness journey clueless and unprepared, if you are ready to commit and say yes to being that badass fit mom who is shredded and stronger than before the baby, Well, listen up, because this is where we talk about all of the things your doctor or trainer never told you about, so that you can achieve the body you want and take your athletic strength and performance to the next level. Get ready, because here's your host, Daisy Bravo.
2: Well, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. And if you weren't listening last week, this is my part two conversation with Elizabeth Sherman, and we're talking all things weight loss. So if you are jumping in, you might be a little confused. You're probably gonna miss a few important tidbits. So if you're starting on today's episode, I'd probably suggest going back and listening to the previous episode with Elizabeth just to get the whole picture, but I'm gonna jump right back into the interview right where we left off. I wanted to talk a little bit more about this whole mentality of eating less and just working out more. And that's the solution to everyone's weight loss goals. That's how you get the six pack, abs are made in the kitchen, all of these little sayings. How can this whole theory behind eating less and moving more be harmful for us
0: as women? Do you help coach women in that respect? Yeah, that has been the advice that we've been given for years and years. That you just need to eat less and move more. So what happens, and this happened with me, is I found a little bit of success by creating a little deficit. And I was thinking, if some is good, then more is better. And so we get into this slippery slope of saying, I had a deficit of 250 calories this week. So let me do a little bit more. Let me cut out another piece of bread and go for a longer run. At some point, that becomes a stress on your body. Now, women are a little bit different than men and women over the age of 45. So let me talk to you a little bit about how your list, Listeners' bodies are going to be changing once they enter into their 40s and their 50s. As we get older, our bodies become more insulin sensitive and more stress reactive. And so what that means is that when we eat foods that are higher in carbohydrates or starch what that does is it it raises our blood sugar. And so when we have a higher blood sugar, our body releases insulin in order to take that glycogen out of our blood and store it in our muscles for energy. And if we keep if we eat a lot of starch, then what that does is it creates these high energy dips and lows. And what happens for many of us is that we then overcompensate by exercising more. And that creates a stress on our bodies. And our bodies just become this huge cocktail of hormones. And everything is just completely out of whack. When we do the whole eat less and exercise more, it becomes more of a stress on our bodies. Our bodies need calories. Our bodies like calories. And so... We, the idea that we should just move more and eat less becomes a problem because then our body, I don't want to say it shuts down because we can't necessarily ruin our metabolism. But I think what happens is our bodies hold on then to all of those nutrients and the fat, and it's not willing to give it up. It thinks that it's in danger. And so by creating too much of a deficit, what happens then is it prevents us from losing, which is what we don't want. So slow and steady is really the better way, creating smaller deficits. I know there's always some woman out there that just
2: feels like maybe she can never get any traction in, in her efforts to get healthier. She's taken on a new diet, maybe a new workout routine. And why does it always seem to be a struggle for some people? Is that a mental component? Why do some people just look at some ice cream, it goes to their thighs, whereas some people can not worry about calories and, and be slim and slender and not have to think about that
0: piece of cake? Yeah, good question. So I think that it depends I'm going to bring this one back to mindset. So I think that it depends on how you're thinking about your progress, how you think about your experiences with your body and your diet in the past. If there's one thing that will stop weight loss in its tracks it's stress. And so if you're stressed out about losing weights, it's a kick in the pants, because it's just going to stop you from doing it. The, what I work with my clients on is we know that if we establish a set of habits and those habits are what we want to do when, so again, going back to that future version of ourselves, when I think about her and I think about what she's doing on a daily basis, how she's exercising, how she's eating, how many servings of vegetables is she eating? Is she eating highly processed food? Is she making her own food? Is she going out for dinner? What is it that she's Eating and and how is she exercising and how does she think about the world around her? So, when we start to establish a set of really solid behaviors or habits. We know that if we keep doing those things, if they're reasonable, then that will give us the results that we're ultimately looking for. And these habits are not crazy habits like eating enough vegetables, having enough protein in your diet, eating enough complex carbohydrates, getting enough sleep moving daily don't not killing yourself just moving and then having treats every once in a while being around a social support system that makes you laugh and that you enjoy being around limiting your treats and not overeating like those are the basic habits that are going to get you to your goal and as long as you're doing those on a daily basis You should be able to get to your goal.
2: Now, I know that it's a struggle initially to get there and to set yourself up. And I want to shift more maybe to mindset because I know that jealousy, maybe the anger you feel towards your body when it comes to how quickly you're seeing results, or maybe you look at someone and why can't I look like them? How do we start to reframe these negative emotions or self talk when it comes to our health, wellness? And fitness journey?
0: Yeah, I think I think I could answer this uh, a couple different ways. One is so I think when thinking about our own bodies, it's really easy for us to feel resentful that everyone else has it easier than we do that that woman over there doesn't struggle with her body or everyone around me is losing weight and I'm not and it's not and it's true, it might not be fair, especially when when it comes to wanting to lose weight and you tell your partner, hey, let's start dieting together and they lose six pounds in a week and you're there losing two pounds. So I think that it's really easy to get resent, and it's really easy to say, well, it's not my fault that this is my body. This was my genetics. And so therefore I'm just gonna, I'm just destined to be larger. And so therefore I'm not even gonna try. And what I wanna offer is that, Okay, it may not be your fault that you are the size you are or that you were given the body that you were given. However, this is your only body and it is your responsibility to yourself and to your body to figure out how your body works and how to give your body what it needs. Again, it goes back to listening to your body. But it might not be fair that someone else gets to eat ice cream once a week and still fit into their size six jeans. You don't look at a piece of bread and can't. But it's really just accepting that, you know what, this is how it is. This is my body. I want to feel good. And so therefore, this is what I need to do in order to feel good and to give my body what it needs. And yeah, that's what I want to offer to your listeners is that it's not your fault, but this is your only body. And it is your responsibility to figure out how to exercise your body, how to eat for your body and what to do so that you have good health because you don't get another one. And when you're 50, you're going to be wishing that you had learned these lessons earlier because it's just going to get worse as you get older. Sorry.
2: Oh, I know. <laughs> Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Now, and I'm sure this can all be linked around daily habits, whether it's the food that we choose to eat, whether we hit the snooze on our workouts in the morning. The list goes on and on as we pick up good habits and bad habits and allow those to take over our lives and form our daily routine. Do you have any... Any tips or tricks on easy ways that we stop these bad habits and start creating good ones that are going to help us in that long term and achieve and meet that woman that you met that is your ideal 75 year old woman?
0: Yeah, good question. And so I think that actually is the answer is... Really being able to create a compelling vision of what it is that we want to achieve when we get older. So, really being able to look into the future and wanting to be that person, wanting to live that life, whatever it is that we desire. And when we are confronted with exercising or sitting on the couch, that we choose, we tap into that vision, that person. Person That we are going to be in five or 10 years, take advice from her and ask, what would she do? And then do that. So it's really being able to choose what we want more, what we want our future to look like so that we can start building the consistency because that's one of the things that I hear from clients all the time is that I'm just not consistent or I'm just not disciplined. Both consistency and discipline are practices. They're not characteristics of who we are. Like we think about, oh, that person, they're so disciplined, but that person just practices saying, no to their, to their lower brain. So let me talk about that for a second. We have two different parts of our, we have what's called the higher brain, which decides that we want to lose weight and how we're going to lose weight is we're going to eat this way and we're going to exercise that way. And these are the habits that we're going to do. Okay. That's our higher brain. Our higher brain is very process driven. It's very goal driven. And then we have our lower brain. Our lower brain is the emotional part of our brain. Our emotional part of our Brain does not care about the, our emotional brain does not care about wanting to fit into your genes. Our emotional brain functions on what's called the motivational triad. The motivational triad is that we seek pleasure. We avoid pain and we do it as efficiently as possible. So of course, when we are feeling sad, feels bad, that is pain. Eating chocolate chip cookies tastes good. That's pleasure. And the chocolate chip cookies are on the counter. It's easy. So of course, when we feel sad, we go away from that. When we see the chocolate chip cookies, we go to that because it's pleasure and it's easy. So when we can look at our behavior, behaviors, our past behaviors, especially when it comes to one of those things where we're like, gosh, I want to lose weight, but I overate last night or I ate something that I shouldn't have. Why did I do that? Why do I keep sabotaging myself? When we look at our past behavior through the lens of the motivational triad, it all completely makes sense. Because we are avoiding pain, we are seeking pleasure, and we're doing it as efficiently as possible. Same thing for exercise. Let's say that I've put it on my calendar that at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to run five miles. And so at nine o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, my phone goes off and it says, Hey, you're supposed to run. And I'm sitting there drinking coffee and I'm on Facebook. Of course, that's more pleasurable than going for a run. Running is hard. And so what I teach my clients to do is to move towards doing things that are pleasurable, okay, or uncomfortable. So let's use the exercise example. We know that every single choice that we make... We either have pleasure up front and discomfort later on, or we have discomfort up front and pleasure later on. So, in the example of deciding whether we're going to exercise or not, if we choose not to exercise, that's pleasurable now. But eventually down the road, we may find that we aren't that exercise is really great for stress management and for heart health and all of that stuff. But we don't really know that in five or 10 years, that's actually gonna happen. So the discomfort of not exercising Really isn't very compelling. Okay. Versus if we get through discomfort right now with exercising, what I teach my clients to do is on the other side of exercising, that we should do a body scan and know how good it feels on the other side of the exercise so that we know that we only have to get over that little hump of 20 minutes or 30 minutes or however long your exercise session is going to be before you feel. And then, Then not only is it the physical feeling of feeling good, but also the proud mama moment you have about yourself. I really rocked that. I did really well. And so making that more compelling than not exercising and then feeling bad for not exercising later on and beating yourself up about it. So when we can do what we want most over what we want in the moment and talk ourselves through it, then we can be able to create those lasting habits and do the things that we want most. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: It almost makes me feel, think
2: of like financial investments where either you can buy that Lamborghini right now or you can invest that money and think of all the things that you can do with that later 10 years from now, if that's been sitting and accruing interest or what have you. Are you gonna live it up now or do you plan to live it up later? Uh, I feel like, are you gonna party today and then have that hangover tomorrow or are you gonna have a nice nutritious meal and then just feel great the next day? It's
0: really interesting that you bring that up because I think that there are a lot of similarities between money habits and eating health habits. That, yeah, when we overeat or overspend, we do it with the idea that we're going to feel better. And maybe we do in the moment, but have you ever ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon and then gotten it in the mail and you're like, I spent a hundred bucks on this? I'm not happier now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) The
2: click felt really good, but now all of a sudden it doesn't. I can definitely relate to that. So uh, I really hope that some of our ladies took some lessons from that today because we do have some moms that are a little bit on the younger side in their early 20s and running themselves dry and there's never any me time that goes on there so I appreciate that and I want to, I want to give you a chance Elizabeth to chat about where we can find you online the website social media maybe some programs that you have currently going or up and coming I'd love to hear more about.
0: Yeah, so you can find me at my website which is elizabethsherman.com. I am on Instagram at e sherman68 and on Facebook at Total Health by Eliz. And those are really my biggest places that I interact with folks. As far as programs go, I have a podcast called Done With Dieting. And then I also work with my clients one-on-one. But this summer, I will be starting a group program for the first time. Love it. I'm going to
2: link to what you mentioned in the show notes there and on the website so that anyone that's interested to stalk you on online and check out your website and your podcast. I'll have definitely check out those links. Now, every time I have a guest leave the show, I love to get a little bit of a recap, some tips and tricks so that our listeners can start acting out today. And so if you were to meet a random woman on the street who is interested in weight loss, what top tips or tricks would you give to
0: her? Okay. I have a really amazing guide. It's a free guide and checklist. It's called the eight basic habits that healthy people do. These are eight things you want to cover the foundation of your health. And if you do these eight things, you will be healthier than most people. These eight things are number one, drink water. Number two, eat your vegetables. Number three, eat protein. Number four, move 30, minutes a day. Number five is manage your stress. Number six is get enough sleep, whatever that is for you. Number seven is eat just enough. Don't overeat. And number eight is limit your treats. So meaning you can't eat all of all of your calories in Snickers bars or brownies. Okay, (laughs) so those are the eight basic habits that healthy people do. And if you do those eight things, you will be healthier than most people and your body will right size.
2: Awesome, Elizabeth, this has been amazing. I've really enjoyed our time together. I want to thank you so much for joining me on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. Thanks for having me, Daisy. I had such an amazing time with Elizabeth. She is such a wealth of knowledge. And I really love that her goal when it comes to health and wellness is to looking to the future. We have the opportunity right now as young moms, young women to think about this, think about what we want for ourselves in the future. And I know so many of us are right now living in the now, but it is important every once in a while to stop, think about your 70 or 80 year old self and And figure out who you are, who you want to be, and reverse engineering from that. And if you see a young, vibrant 75-year-old woman, then you probably want to stop things like smoking or eating junk food as just an example there. I want to thank everyone for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and look forward to chatting with you next time on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast.
1: Your review helps other people find our show. And as a thank you, once a month, we choose the review that makes us all warm and tingly inside and award that lucky lady a free program of their choice. So do it now. It could be you. See you next time, you badass mom you.